on on Sunday, uh, we began our chat about uh, about sex, and we talked about uh, the value uh, and the need to uh, not allow anybody to devalue you. And we talked about the blessings there are uh, in saving the best for last. Uh, we said that uh, when we save the best for last, we can avoid uh, a lot of the negative consequences that come along uh, with not saving the best for last. Uh, so if I just do what it is that God has told me to do, how it is that he's told me to do it, uh, a lot of things I won't have to go through uh, if I just do it his way. There's his way and then there's our own way. And oftentimes his way works a whole lot better than our way does. We, we, we talked about the six strategies uh, to keep from falling into sexual sin. Uh, and tonight we're going to dive deeper into our discussion about how to deal with uh, this whole sex thing, especially in a world uh, that has been infected uh, and is beginning to infect the church. Is beginning to infect the church. I told you we have a task of restoring the integrity of the church, restoring the integrity of, of what real Christians look like, what real Christians act like, what real Christians talk like. Uh, and so that is that is our great task now because over the years, over time, because of things that have happened, uh, especially in the uh, sexual arena, we have found uh, so many uh, men of God, women of God uh, doing so many ungodly things. And so uh, it has put a damper or a tarnish on uh, what it is that Jesus died for. Uh, and so we have to begin um, to restore that. Uh, sex is uh, the, the most Googled word uh, on the Internet. It, it, it's the most Googled word on the Internet. You know, now we use Google as a verb. Actually, Google is a search engine, but we use it as a verb. Uh, but the, there's more people searching for the word sex than there are any other word on the, on, on the Internet. Uh, and we have to understand that, that this thing is for real. Like, uh, we cannot close a, a blind eye or a deaf ear um, to, 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 to the sexuality or uh, this, this issue that's present before us. Uh, and because we have not uh, dealt with it enough, we have not hit it head on, uh, we found that the world uh, is beginning to teach uh, our children and actually beginning to teach us how this whole sex thing is supposed to be. Uh, but uh, we're going to begin to deal with it in a manner where you can understand what God, how God said it would be. Uh, and I believe that we will have, the again, the God type of results if we do it his way. Dr. King once said that the greatest tragedy uh, of this period of social transition uh, was not the stringent clamor of bad people, but the appalling silence uh, of the good people. In other words, all it takes is for, uh, for evil to prevail uh, is for uh, good men and women to do nothing, uh, for us to sit idly by uh, and to act like everything is okay. Um, that is all it would take for uh, evil to prevail, for things to just be out of order. Um, and so we cannot keep a, 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 a quiet voice. Um, we have to cry out loud uh, about the things in which we see, uh, those things in which are not in order, uh, and we have to make sure that we address those things and we hit them head on. Uh, that's not always a comfortable position for a lot of people, uh, but we have to get to that point because we cannot uh, allow those things to just continue on uh, without being addressed. So tonight, uh, we're going to deal with this whole sex thing uh, in our message. This is message five, fruitfulness before freakiness. Uh, again, this is message five, fruitfulness before freakiness. Uh, and tonight, I hope to, uh, to help you understand that, one, that sex is not a bad thing, but uh, it is actually ordained uh, by God. 
God never said, you know, don't have sex. Uh, he just said, uh, you must do it in the proper order. He said, there's a proper order in you being able to do it. Um, and so when we understand that, uh, it's not that God was against it, not that God doesn't want uh, us to have sex because he knew that we was going to have that desire in us because he placed that desire in us. Naturally, he, when he was creating us, that he didn't want you to have desire for that, uh, then he would have taken that from you. But it was his intention uh, that when you got married, that you would have a strong uh, uh, desire uh, to become intimate with your mate. Uh, but he intended that, your, yeah, that, that desire to become intimate, that you would have desire to become intimate with the person that is your spouse, the person in which you have become one with, uh, but it has been perverted over the years, uh, and we have began to uh, have that same desire towards people in which we have yet to become one with. Uh, and so, again, getting back to doing things in, in proper order and understanding that uh, there is not an issue is sex. It's not the sex that's not the issue. You got to think. Uh, God told Adam and uh, He told Adam and Eve to have a whole bunch of sex. Uh, you, you remember in uh, Genesis the first chapter, twenty-eight verse, He said. Uh, Multiply and replenish the earth. He said, he said, go be fruitful. So in other words, I need y'all to go and have a whole lot of sex. So it wasn't, it was, it wasn't the sex was the issue, but he told them that uh, after uh, they had made a, a covenant agreement, after they had uh, gotten married, after they had taken one another uh, as one, after they had become one, that's when he told them that uh, it was afterwards. He never said anything about sex before that time because that would have not been proper uh, to be talking to deal with sex or to give them the okay for sex uh, before they had uh, become one. Um, so he did that uh, and he wanted them, uh, those two individuals, to begin uh, to have sex and to replenish uh, and to multiply and replenish and not just to world he didn't want them to multiply uh the world he didn't want it just to be a, a lot more people he wanted it to be a lot more people that served him uh, so it wasn't just okay just have kids just so there'll be more kids uh but have more people that can give me praise uh and that can give me worship uh and that's why we're to train our kids up in the way they should go uh whether they go that way or not that's not your issue that's not your problem your thing is to make sure that you do your piece uh and then god will take care of it uh after that because they won't be able to go uh, away from it uh, a lot of people have, uh, especially nowadays, feel the need to get married um, so that they can have sex and not feel guilty about it. And uh, the real question is, uh, do you, do you want to be married or do you just want to have sex? And, and, some people have, and some people have now have just mean that it's just so it's an, it's an opportunity for me to have sex. Uh, but we got to understand sex, marriage cannot be a antidote for your lack of self-control. Uh, mirrors can't be that thing that you use just because you hadn't learned to control yourself. Because the problem with that is, uh, if you haven't learned to control yourself as a single person, you'll be that same married person that still can't control themselves. Uh, and so you'll go from, you'll go from uh, fornication to just adultery because you'll be the same person that has no self-control uh, that cannot, that is not able to keep themselves. I tell people all the time, trust me, when you get married, your desire doesn't die down. You don't just stop seeing fine women and fine men when you get married. It just don't happen like that. Uh, they are always going to be present. They are always going to be that temptation there uh, and that's where our self-control comes in uh, and making sure we doing things uh, in the right order and when we do things in the right order we don't have the issues uh, in which we typically have uh, a lot of times we find ourselves as being uh, like falling cakes you know when you when 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 somebody makes a cake they put it in the oven but the thing about a cake is that you have to let it alone until it's all the way ready because if you go in there too soon uh, and you open up the oven if you open up the place uh, in which uh, the refining is taking place uh, then you'll mess it you'll 
you'll, you'll, you'll mess it all up. Uh, and see, sometimes God is doing a work in us, uh, and we end up allowing the oven to get open before it's time, and the cake end up falling. Uh, the, the, the problem is, though, see, you can't, you can't fix that once it's failed. See, once a cake falls, you, you have to start all the way over. And, and I believe that a lot of times, God is constantly sending people to the back of the marriage line because they, con they cake constantly falling, and he constantly having to start over in their life. I believe that every time you have sex, he send you to the back of the marriage line and tell you to start all over again because you obviously ain't been ready to be married because you obviously don't have no self-control and I don't want to put you in a marriage where you're going to end up cheating and hurting somebody else because you're going to mess around and cheat on them because of your lack of self-control. Tell your neighbor, say, don't, don't go to the back of the line. Don't, 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 don't go to the back of the line. It's, it, it's the fruitfulness that's going to lead to marriage. And then once I'm married, I'm free to have all the sex that I want. So again, it's not God saying no. Uh, it's God saying not now. So it's not God saying, no, you cannot have sex. He said, look, you just can't have sex right now because you're not in a season of marriage where you can have sex. So he's saying he's not saying no. He's saying uh, not now. He understands our sexual desires uh, because he made us that way. Uh, we just cannot do uh, the marriage thing as an individual. We have to make sure we're married before we get before we get to do that. When when Boaz took uh, uh, Ruth um, as his wife, uh, what he saw in her, what drew him was his character, was her character. It wasn't it wasn't because she had laid down with them. It wasn't because uh, she was so good in bed. It was because uh, what it is, the, the other things that he saw about her. I told y'all that you only got seven minutes of sex anyway, so it has to be something else uh, that wants to keep you in that relationship. There has to be something else uh, that 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 draws you to that person and makes you uh, want uh, to be uh, with that person. Uh, so so Ruth learned uh, how to use her character to win people over, uh, and so just the same way that Esther did because the Bible says that everywhere Esther went, uh, people just like people found favor in her. Um, so she she again, because we know that Esther was a virgin, she again learned how to use her character to win people over. Uh, and so, But what happens is, too often now, we have learned how to use our bodies, but not how to use our character. Uh, and so we end up, we end up uh, uh, getting into relationships uh, and leading with uh, our bodies rather than leading uh, with the character, with the person who we really are, because that, uh, in essence, is really what's going to make uh, the difference. Um, so when we become fruitful, uh, then getting married is easy because we'll have fruits that people can see and that uh, someone can desire in us uh, something besides uh, our body. So it's, 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 not, it's not the sex thing. And I, if, if we be honest, you think about it, whenever, whenever you women, whenever you say, I want a good man, uh, oftentimes it's never includes sex. Oftentimes when, when a woman says she wants a, a good man, it's, it's stuff like him having a job, him being the father figure, him loving me and stuff like that. You, you, you never really hear her uh, saying that I, I want a person uh, to have sex with me because that's the easy part. A lot of times a woman is not looking at uh, and they often never mention sex. Uh, he don't need, you know, oftentimes women, they don't need nobody to, to rock their world. They can find somebody to do that. Uh, oftentimes what a woman needs is somebody to, to, to rock the kids to sleep at night uh, or, or to pray over them or to, or to, or to bless them and things of that nature. It ain't, well, I can find somebody to have sex with. That's the easy part. Uh, so oftentimes, even in our hunt, even when we think about the fruitfulness, it's not the, really the sex that we want. If you think about all the things, all the, all the things that you're looking for in a mate, a lot of times sex ain't even on that list. You're looking for often something different. And it's the same thing with, with men. Men ain't 
when men think about, when men say I'm looking for a wife, oftentimes sex ain't even on the list of the things he's looking for in a woman. He, he's not looking for that. He, he, he's not looking for that. He's oftentimes looking uh, for something uh, much different. He don't, he, he, any man can go and find a woman to hook him up. But what he needs is a woman that can build him up. Uh, not just, you know, just to have sex with him because once it's done and over with, he's going to need a woman behind him uh, and to help him become all that God has made for him to be and then encourage him uh, and to bless him and to cook and things of that nature. That's the type of stuff that men are looking for. And, and the, the problem is, though, so if, if, if all men, if, if men ain't looking for, for sex in, in a relationship and women ain't looking for sex uh, when they're looking for a mate, then why is it that we always lead with sex? Why is it that's the first thing we get involved in when neither one of y'all looking for it? Neither one of y'all really, uh, neither one of y'all looking for the sex in a mate, but then that's the first thing we lead with. So, so we got to get to a point where, again, where we lead with our character uh, and not uh, with our body. We got to put our best foot forward and not our best sex forward. Yeah, we got to put our best foot forward and not our best sex forward. There are, there are certain attributes or fruits that one bear, and that's often what it is that we see. We see somebody who's good at this or good at that, or, or you know, we see somebody that, and that oftentimes that is, a, that is why uh, uh, single women are oftentimes attracted to married men because there are some attributes or some fruits that they see that the married man does. He's one, he's made a commitment, obviously, and uh, they may see him taking care of his family or spending time with the kids and things of that nature, and oftentimes they're drawn to that because they see the fruits. A lot of time it really ain't the sex because they can have sex with them, but it's the uh, it's the fruits in which they see in him uh, that they desire. Uh, Matthew 12 and 33 says, for a tree is known by its fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. Um, so who that person is, gonna be, is going to be known by uh, the fruits in which they bear. Uh, but the thing is that you cannot be fruitful apart from God. Y you cannot be fruitful uh, apart from God. You can try it. Uh, but you're not going to have success in being fruitful apart from God. Jesus says uh, in John 15 and 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. He mean mankind, meaning male and female. He said, if, he, if, he, if I embody him and they embody me, then he going to bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can, you can do nothing. Um, so we got to understand and put that in proper perspective. So that way you won't be wondering uh, because uh, he not saved and you wonder why he don't love you because he can't know love without knowing Christ. He can't he don't he couldn't possibly know how to treat you because he don't know because he don't know God. He doesn't have somebody uh, that's there that's going to keep him. And it has to be God. You got to think because I don't care who you is. You can't be around your mate 24-7. Uh, and if, if you could, you probably wouldn't want to. But he has to, your, your partner has to have something else that keeps them just besides you. They, they have to have a bigger reason not to cheat on you. A bigger reason not to go out and do something crazy. They have to have a bigger reason. Uh, and oftentimes that reason is the fear of God when he is first in our life. So we got to make sure. So when we talk about that, yeah, uh, can you hook up with an unsaved person and that person becomes saved? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, but good luck. G good luck if you do it. Because you, I'm telling you, during the time in which God is changing him, you're going to catch period in hell. I promise you, you are. So you better, you, you better hook up with somebody that at least got a little bit of Christian in them that's at least trying to be a Christian. He, he might not be all the way there. She might not be all the way there. But at least, get on, at least get somebody that's on that same path, on that same road that's going in the direction in which you're going. Because if not, y'all going to end up on two different roads and y'all going to be pulling against each other and you're going to be miserable.
You, you, you're going to be miserable. So, you know, we want to make sure we do things in proper order uh, and make sure that we stay connected and that to the source. Uh, and through that source, we'll get uh, everything that we need uh, to get. It's, it's, it's not I didn't grow up with a father, so I didn't have per se a a a a. A, a figure to look at or a model marriage to model after. Uh, I didn't have that growing up, um, but what uh, it was that God taught me how to do things. Now, I'm t everything goes back to the word of God. And if we do things uh, the way in which God has told us to do them, we won't have a lot of the problems that we typically have. We won't have a lot of the issues in relationship. A lot of the reasons why people break up is for stuff that they would have never done uh, if in, in tune with God or allowing God to lead my life. Um, so if we think about the, the top things. We think about uh, money being an uh, issue in relationships. Well, if I'm a good steward, then money won't be an a issue for me. Uh, if I, so in other words, if I'm managing my, the money that God has entrusted to me, the way in which he told me to trust it, then me and my wife I ain't got to argue about that. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm keeping myself and I'm fleeing from sexual immorality uh, and I'm making sure I stay pray up, uh, then I don't have to worry about cheating on my wife. And so I can avoid uh, have, being in an adultery. Uh, and ending my marriage that way. Um, well, the Bible tells us that uh, I'm going to be uh, slow, you know, quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. And so when I do that, when I'm quicker to hear uh, than I am to punch her in the face, then I won't have no domestic violence issues. So you think about it, a lot of the issues that we have that cause problems in relationships will be done and over with. They won't even be an issue if I just do things God's way. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. So in other words, a soft answer, that means that somebody has said something to you. Oftentimes, it's what you say back that makes the difference. And so in other words, if I just live my life the way in which God told me to live it, then I won't have any of the issues that I see most people having. It's really just that simple. Oftentimes, we overcomplicate it, but we won't have those issues if we do it that way. Now, we got to make sure that we do not build uh, a relationship upon a, uh, a sexual foundation uh, because uh, building a relationship on a sexual foundation is like building a house on sand. I'm telling you, if the sex is all this is, is keeping y'all together, uh, when the storms come uh, and the issues arise, uh, your house is not going to be able to stand on just no sex. I promise you it ain't. I, I promise you it ain't. So you got to make sure that that is not the foundation of our relationship uh, and that there is something else. Uh, that is keeping uh, us together. Song of Solomon, the fourth chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 and then verses 12. I, I want to get you all to look at this and, and look at Solomon uh, in the way in which he talked about a lover and the thing in which he did. And now I want to bring out an important point, uh, something that I really, really need you to see uh, about what he said and then uh, her position uh, in, the whole, uh, in, in, the, in the whole episode, in this whole passage of Scripture. Uh, verse 1 says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Uh, verse 2 says, uh, and I'm going to read the first stanza of each one. Your teeth are like a flock of uh, uh, sheep just shorn. Um, your lips are like a charlotte ribbon, and your neck is like a tower of David built with elegance. Your two breasts are like two fawns. Oh, beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Verse 7. This is, this is the things that he was saying about her. If you notice the things that he was paying attention to. If you notice, I'm telling you, he was paying attention to the to the to the minor things because you got to think things something as something as simple as teeth and things of that nature because knowing that hey I gotta I gotta live with these teeth I gotta sleep with these teeth I gotta you know kiss on these teeth all the time so that's the type of stuff he was concerned with. Listen. The, the way he looked at her, I, I said he was beautiful. He said there was no flaw in you. So in other words, he said, look, I, I like everything about you. 
It may not be everything that I had in mind, but he said, in other words, I like everything about you. But what I want you to see, check this out in verse 12. It says, this is what Solomon said. He said, you are a garden locked up. My sister, my bride, you are a spring enclosed and a sealed fountain. He, he said she was locked up. She was enclosed uh, and she was sealed. In other words, yeah, I, I, I hear all the good things you said about me. I, I hear you. You really spring game because that was some thick game right there. He was putting it on real thick. He, he said, but uh, but she remained uh, locked up. She remained sealed. She remained enclosed. In other words, she was clank, clank. She was making sure that she kept herself for her husband. Even after all the game that he was splitting unto her, even after all the things that he said. And listen, 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 you got to understand the level of respect that he now had for her because she was closed up. I'm telling you, just just being real, you see, you got to understand, I'm telling you, and I'm telling you from a man's standpoint, look, I told y'all, look, don't no man want no woman that run around. If he do want you, he don't want you, but for one thing, he sure ain't trying to take you home, not to mama. If we be if we be real, so we got to understand that women, a lot of times we put ourselves out there, but I'm telling you, you don't have to, and I'm telling you, he will respect you so much more for it. And I'm talking to you all because I'm telling you, it's most of the time it's that way. I know that there's an exception to the case, and I know we got some women out there that's, you know, that's a great, that aggressive, but most of the time it's women that deal with that. Most of the time that, that is the case. Um, so we have to make sure uh, that we remain locked, we remain enclosed, that we remain sealed uh, until we get married, until someone puts a ring uh, on our finger. It's hard to be objective uh, once you went to bed with somebody. It's hard to see things the way you once saw them once you went to bed with somebody. We're going to go into a whole uh, study about, you know, soul ties and things of that nature and the attachment that you have. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, because uh, for any of y'all that has sex, you, you know how it is when you when you be in a room with somebody that you know you've been with before. And it don't matter how long it's been, how you feel funny just being around them, knowing that they didn't saw all of you, didn't been in all inside of you and you didn't been all inside of them. And y'all, you know how you feel. It's that same attachment. And there ain't nothing you can do about that. You, you, you feel that way whether you want to feel that way or not. And when you, when you have that, when you have been with someone, it's hard to be uh, objective. It's hard to really see them uh, for who they are. They, they, they done turned you out, uh, and then now you don't know if you love them or you lust them. You don't know whether it's just the sex that you're just so crazy about or whether you actually do love them. And a lot of people associate, uh, uh, have, have replaced uh, 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 love with, with lust. When they really lust after the person, but they replace it with love and they say, I love you, I love you, I love you. When really, I lust you, I lust you, I lust you. Really, I just want to be with you. Really, I just want uh, to lay with you. But it's hard to be uh, objective. It's hard to really see clear because they done freaked you out so good. Now you can't. Now a lot of stuff that you used to will see, you don't see no more. A lot of stuff. Now you're looking over because the sex was so good. And what happened is because you don't have your objectivity, because you don't have the ability to see that person for who they are, what happens is you miss a lot of stuff uh, and you would have saw how evil and crazy they was if you had been objective, but you had sex with them so fast that all that, all your common sense went out the window and the only thing you can think about was sex sense. <laughs> and so we start thinking with our minds and we start thinking with our bodies. 
And then we miss stuff that we normally would have saw had we been thinking clearly, uh, had we uh, been in the right mind frame. In 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verse 15 through 20, 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verse 15 through 20, the Bible says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never, I do not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body. For it is said, two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sin a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were brought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. He said, listen, a lot of times we say, oh, ain't no sin greater than no other sin. He said, look, but when you, when you, when you sin in your body with sexual sin, he said, you sin against your own body. Listen, you got to understand it. So in other words, uh, you, you call something to come up on your body that wasn't, uh, that wasn't commonly supposed to have been on it. Listen, you got to understand this. Oh, is there a difference between uh, uh, thinking about having sex and having sex? And a lot of people say, well, you think about it, so you might as well just have it. No, uh, listen, you got to understand this. I, I've never seen a woman get pregnant by thinking about sex. I've never seen a man catch an STD for thinking about sleeping with a woman. So, so, so there is a greater consequence for actually doing it than the thinking about it. So when we understand that, though God don't want us to do either outside of the marriage bed, we got to understand that there are certain things that we can do that cause destruction upon our own selves. And we got to be mindful. We got to make sure that we have uh, all things in proper perspective. He said you will be one with her uh, in body. Again, we're talking about uh, the soul ties. It says you must, in verse 18, it says flee from sexual immorality. The word flee means to run away quickly from danger or evil, to run away quickly. The Bible didn't say pray about sexual immorality. It said run from it. The Bible said get all the way away from it because there's danger there. Uh, there's evil. Uh, there are some warning signs. You need to stay well away from it. Don't play around with it because, again, if you play with fire, you will get burned. Don't play around with it. The Bible says flee from it. you sitting there trying to pray about your sexual immorality or what you feel. He said flee from it. Get all the way away from it. And I gave y'all, I gave y'all some things that you need to be doing to make sure that you don't fall uh, in the sexual sin. Joseph knew, Joseph took it to heart, and Joseph did what the Bible said. Amen. You remember Joseph and Potiphar's wife? Amen. And listen, you got to understand that Potiphar was number two, uh, was the number two man in the kingdom. So listen, you know how it was then. They would just pick whoever they wanted for wives, and oftentimes they would pick the finest women in the kingdom. So they would pick the, the, the prettiest, uh, youngest, freshest girl there is. So I would imagine that uh, Potiphar had probably the second finest wife in the kingdom. So I imagine that uh, Potiphar's wife wasn't no ugly woman. But, but when she came unto Joseph, Joseph did, uh, again, Joseph fled from immorality because he knew that was danger. He knew that was evil there, and he didn't play with it. He didn't sit there talking about, we need to pray about this, or maybe let's talk about this, or look, I need to. He, he fled from it because he wasn't playing with it. Because if he had stayed there, that woman probably would have took it from him. 
he fled from it. He did the right thing. And because of that, we see how God has blessed, how God blessed him uh, even in that kingdom um, because of what he did. And so a lot of times it's not that uh, we can't control ourselves. A lot of times we not, we're not getting away from that thing we need to get away from. And if we get away from it, we'll have a much better success of actually overcoming it or actually freeing from it if we get ourselves away from it, meaning not putting ourselves in positions uh, that we know will compromise who we really are. He said your body is a, a, a temple, verse 19. Your body is a temple where the Holy Ghost dwells. You ever thought about this? What, what, what is the Holy Ghost going to do while you're having sex? What the Holy Ghost do? He's supposed to go take a walk, go take a stroll to the park while you're doing your thing? I know a lot of us never looked at it but like that, but what do you think God is saying in his mind while you're, just getting, your, while you're getting your rocks off, while you're doing what it is that you want to do rather than doing what it is that you know he was leading you to do? And I know God just be sitting there saying, see, I gave her an escape. I told her. He ain't had to do that. He ain't had to go over there. He ain't had to, he, 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 knew what was, he knew what was going down on the phone. He already knew what the business was, but still not doing what it is that uh, God wants us to do. And so we got to get to the point where uh, we're, we're again being led by the spirit into the things in which we do. And then the spirit will lead us. I'm telling you, the spirit will not lead us into any type of danger or any type of sin. He's not going to lead us. If you wind yourself up in sin, I'm telling you, somewhere you, 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 somewhere you done left the Holy Spirit somewhere because he's not going to lead you into any type of sin. He's not going to do it. So if you find yourself there, you have to go back and backtrack and find out where you got off track. Sin brings us uh, in the shame. The Bible says uh, in verse 20 that we should honor God with our body, but sin brings us uh, into shame. And a lot of times we feel shameful after we have uh, had some type of sexual intercourse outside of marriage. Uh, we often feel shame. We often feel uh, bad uh, about the things in which we have done. Again, we will become one flesh with that person. When you, have, uh, when you have a relationship with somebody, you will become one flesh with that person. Genesis 2 and 24 says, For when he told Adam, he said, For this reason you will leave your father and mother and be united with your wife, and they will become one flesh. The problem is that we have become uh, flesh with too many people. We have become flesh with too uh, many people. And then we wonder why when you hook up with son of y'all, why, why y'all can't get along? Because he, you got five or six people floating around in you. They got five or six people floating around in him. In them, it's about 12 of y'all. And you know, ain't no group of folks can't get no loan. So all y'all just like messed up because you get all this stuff from past relationships. And a lot of times we bring that stuff in our new relationships because, because, because you got freaked out. What happened is now you be expecting your, your, new, your new person to be just as freaky as the last one. And then you find yourself sitting there saying, well, I'm not satisfied. And that's because you have an expectation of all the stuff that happened to you or all the things you've been involved in uh, in the past. And so we have to be, we have, some of us need to pray that God will just cleanse us from not only of our own self, but cleanse us from all the other folks that got on in the inside of us and that has affected our emotions, have affected our spirit, uh, that we may be different and we may be able to progress on uh, into a healthy relationship. Proverbs, the fifth chapter, verses 3 to 10, the Bible says, For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and her speech, and her speech is smoother than oil. 
Man, you better catch this. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. So in other words, I'm telling you, she's going to be fine. She's going to be something that you desire. In verse 5, it said, her feet go down to, earth, to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Listen to me. I believe especially with men that God wanted us uh, to listen because we are visual creatures. And so he said, look, I need you to listen. He said, because I know when you see something, there's a desire. There's an overwhelming desire that you have. So, so I'm going to ask you to look at me. I need you to listen to me. I see what your eyes are on, but I need you to listen uh, to what it is that I'm about to say to you, about to speak to your life, because it will keep you out of trouble. If you would just uh, listen to me, we, we, we have a lot of time women, women, we, we, men have an animal nature. Sometimes, so when, when, when people say women, y'all good for saying, oh, just men are just, you know, men are dogs, especially bitter women that have had issues with men in the past. Men are dogs. And yes, we do have some dog-like characteristics. Uh, but what happens is uh, we have to be under control by just listening, meaning we have to be trained. So then God will train us to hear his voice. And what happens is uh, when, when, a, when, a, when, a, when an animal is trained, uh, they know their master's voice and they heed to their master's voice. So what it is is that, when, listen, when we, when we when, as Christian men, it's not that we don't have temptation or we don't have issues or we don't desire the same thing. It's just that when we see when most, most dogs, most men, when they see a fine woman, they just rush out and run, run after her. And they just try to get on her. You know how dogs just have sex anywhere. They just, just jump on and just do it. It don't make no difference to them. And the thing is, when we have an ear to hear what God says, uh, we can have better success because what will happen is, it's not that we don't have that same desire. We do. It's just that when, when that desire comes upon us, we want to run off the porch just like the other dogs. It's just that we hear our master saying, heal boy, sit. So when I have a listening ear, I can hear him saying, yeah, I know that you want it. So I'm on the porch and I want to jump off the porch just like everybody else. I want to run after the dog just like everybody else. But I hear my master saying, heal, sit, stay. When I have an ear uh, to hear. And so we got to we, we really got to understand that we got to get that in our mind. We got to get that uh, in our spirits um, and have an ear uh, to hear him. He said, do not turn aside from what I say. Keep a path far from here, her. Do not go near the door of her house. How many times a guy, just like he told us women, he telling us men, he said, look, don't play with it. Don't even go over there. Because you're asking for destruction just by being in her presence, just by being over there. I need you to stay far away. If we could, I promise you, a lot of us, if we could just get to that point as Christians where we just stay away from stuff that from people and things we know we got no business around, we will be so much better. A lot of things we can, a lot of things we can avoid if we don't put ourselves in bad situations or find ourselves up in bad situations. I told you all, you got to pick your settings. Pick your settings. So fleeing from it could be just making sure that I don't end my, find myself in a setting I have no business being in. I think that is the greatest guard that we will ever have against sexual immorality is making sure that we're not in a place where we can actually have sex. So that might mean I, I know you got your own place, but I can't come over your house. Your house is off limits, period. 
Cause I like you and I like you sexually and you like me and you and you made it known that you like me sexually too. So we gonna stay well away from each other's door. We gonna stay well away from the house. We not gonna end up in no couch situations. Because neither one of us there. Neither one of us that strong to resist that type of temptation. And so again, the escape is not even going. The escape is not even going. He wants us to flee from it. He said, uh, keep, keep a path, verse 8 uh, in Proverbs, the fifth chapter, keep a path far from her. Do not go near uh, the door of her house. Least you give the, the best strength to others and your years uh, to one who is cruel. Now, listen to this. I, I want you all to catch this. Listen, listen especially me. And check this out. Uh, child support ain't nothing new. Verse 10 says, least strangers feast on your wealth and your toll enrich another man's house. See, because when we do things out of order, uh, men, and we end up with kids uh, out of wedlock, we end up with kids outside of, uh, of the marriage bed, uh, then uh, when, she, when, when she got, but then y'all just split up because you've written, after you had sex with her, you found out how crazy she was, but now you got a baby by her, and her new boyfriend is eating bologna sandwiches off your child support. And I'm sorry for any man that had made that mistake and uh, is now uh, having to pay child support and things of that nature. But I ain't saying what I'm saying to make fun of y'all. I'm saying what I'm saying to make sure that men, that the men that hadn't done it, don't do it. I need to make sure they understand that the mistakes you make now will follow you the rest of your life. So while you're out there doing your thing, sowing your royal oats, you better know that uh, what you reap, you indeed will sow. So you play around with it as you want to. You ask any man, do he like paying child support? I have never heard a man say, oh, I just love paying child support. I just wake up every day and wonder, I can't wait to get paid just so I can pay child support. You never hear that. And so if we do it God's way, we can avoid uh, all of those things. But we got to have uh, a listening ear to hear what it is that God is saying unto us. In the 31st chapter of Job, the first verse, Job said, Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. So in other words, Job was saying, look, I, I know I know how I am as a man. I know when I see stuff, I be wanting it. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. So he said, look, I, look, eyes, we need to have a, a talk. I, I need to let you know, look, I, I can't uh, have you trying to get me into trouble or to have me going to places that I have uh, no business going. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes because he was just that serious about not sinning against God. He was just that serious. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. So in other words, I'm going to guard my eye gate so, that I'm, I'm not ex so I don't expose myself to things that are causing me to do something that I ain't got no business doing. I made a covenant with my eyes. On Sunday, I gave you all some strategies to keep from falling. I gave you all six strategies to keep from falling. What you all need to do is go back and review those things. If you missed it, just get online and get the message or wait till we finish with the DVDs. But six strategies to keep from falling. You need to go back and you need to apply those things. Because I believe if you did those six things, I believe that you're going to have a 99.9% .9 success rate in, in, in resisting uh, a sexual temptation. I believe that if you just pick the right set, most of y'all will never end up in a position where you end up having sex. If we just do our piece, there are certain things that God is not going to do for us. We got to understand uh, there is a difference between uh, the will of God and God permissive will. Just because God is going to stop you, that don't mean that he wanted you to do it. 
He didn't stop Adam and Eve in the garden. He didn't stop uh, Cain from uh, killing Abel. He didn't stop David from sleeping with Bathsheba. He didn't, he didn't stop none of that. And I promise you, he's not going to stop you. He's not going to all of a sudden make all your tires blow off your car where you can't drive over your boyfriend's house. I know sometimes you be wanting to. You be wanting him to. He ain't going to do that. And so that's why we got to have, we got to have self-control into doing it. And we really got to view those things, especially if you are, if you are in a relationship and having sex. I, yeah, I'm talking to Christian folks in a relationship and having sex. That we, we began to apply those things uh, and we began to do those things mutually. Meaning that you all have to be in agreements, you and your mate. So, so, so that both of y'all are, 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 are wanting the same thing. Amos 3 and 3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? How can you try to do what God wants you to do and then that person ain't, ain't studying God? You're going to have a tough time trying to resist temptation. You're going to have a tough time trying to stop having sex. Where you try to, you want to stop having sex, but they don't. How are you going to walk together? How are you going to agree? I'm telling you, 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 you have to really go back and evaluate some of your relationships. Some of y'all may need to evaluate the relationship you're in now to make sure that that's not an issue with you, that you ain't hooked up with somebody that ain't going to help you get to where to do the things of God. And a lot of us will struggle with that uh, if we uh, if we do not agree. And it's, a, it's just it's just a matter of just doing the right thing. And that's just it. Either that person, if you're in a relationship like that, I'm telling you, either that person going to get right or they just going to have to get out your life. And that's the point you got to get to where you just stop settling and just stop talking about, well, God know my heart and God know I just be trying and all. You ain't trying hard enough then. I know that I'm telling you, people are all talking about, no, I don't say what you won't do. Yeah, you can say what you won't do. You can say, I'm, I'm not going to sin against God because there have men, there have men that have done it. We see it all through the Bible. Men have made a commitment unto God not to sin against God, and you don't have to sin against God unless you want to. He said, I'm going to provide you so many escapes. Oftentimes, God give us two, three, four, five, six escapes before we ever do what it is that we end up doing. He be lining them up, and then we still end up doing our own thing. If that means you have to separate our relationship, then you might just have to separate our relationship. If that's what it is, if, if y'all if can't come to an agreement to both of y'all serve God, because you ain't going to be able to serve him by yourself. And if you try to, you try to serve him, but that person ain't, you're going to be struggling. That's going to be misery. I'm telling you, that is, not, that is not what you want in a relationship. That would be such a struggle. And some of y'all probably been there where you know how it is trying to live for God and the person you're with don't, ain't, ain't, ain't got in mind on God. And don't think that you're going to lose that person if you decide not to have sex with them. I mean, you might need to have a sit down and be like, look, we can't do this no more. And that just sit and let them know kind of where you stand. The, the, don't think that you're going to lose that person. Unless you got to understand, if that person really want to be with you, you can influence them to do a whole lot of things. So just like we can influence somebody to do negative, we can influence them to do bad. We can influence them to do good things. If that person really want to be with you, I'm telling you, there is nothing that they will not do. When you, when you, think, about, when you think about Jacob... Uh, and, and remember Jacob after he couldn't after he married Leah because uh, his uncle had fooled him he said I'll work another seven years just to get Rachel you remember Boaz with Ruth we talked about Ruth you remember when he went to when he went to buy the land uh, 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 from the uh, kinsmen the Bible says he brought all the land just to get Ruth he brought all of it if you think about this listen uh, Adam uh, in his, his desire to please his wife was willing to sin against God and eat off a tree just to, for his wife. 
So just like she was able to influence him negatively, she, was, she could have influenced him positively. I'm saying there is no limit, especially men. I know how we are. There is no limit to what we will do if we really want to. I'm telling you, we'll stop smoking. Uh, we'll stop drinking. We'll stop partying. We'll get a job. We'll go to college. We'll do anything if we really, 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 really want to. And you know, we'll, we will even uh, uh, keep ourselves till marriage or agree to stop having sex. But who's going to be the one to set the tone for a relationship that says this, just, this just ain't going to happen because my God just ain't, ain't pleased with this. He's not going to bless no mess. He's not going to bless what we're in. He's not going to bless what we're doing. We got to get to the point where we know that and can stand on it and believe it. And then we're going to see things begin uh, to be different in our lives. I promise you they'll, they'll make that commitment. And I know there's a substance to the case. Sometimes it's the woman that has the issue and the man that's all right, whatever it is. Either way, you, go, you, you, you have to get to the point where you influence that person. So if that means I would rather, I would rather separate from you and you be mad than to sin against God and he be mad. It's, it's not because it's not, it's not my wife uh, that keeps me from, uh, from committing adultery. It's not that I'm scared of her. I'm scared of God. I'm, I, I'm not, not so much that what she might think, but I'm what God might think. And when we get to that point, we're more concerned about what God thinks than what our, what our person we're in a relationship with is thinks. Then we can begin to do things the way God told us to do them. I know, that, I, know, I know this is heavy, but one, we, we got to deal with it. We, we can't sit idly by and then just act like everything just uh, lovey-dovey and everything just gravy. And we Christians and sinning or not doing the things of, of God. And then we act like we don't know no better. No, we got to get right. We expect the favor of God to be upon us and God to move on us and God to answer our prayers and God to do all the things that we ask him to do. Then there are some things that we have to do. In other words, if we expecting God to hold up his end of the bargain, God expects us to hold up our end of the bargain. So we got to stop playing with it. We got to stop playing church, stop playing Christian, stop saying this and stop saying that. And really have an effective ministry by the lives in which we live. Fruitfulness uh, before freakiness.